Hi, everyone. Welcome to Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. Um, I'm JJ, and with me as always is my co-host Keith. Hello! And uh, today our special guest is our friend Heather Tedesco. Hi, Heather. Hi! Heather is our good friend from way back when. She just came off from directing Carrie the Musical. So, uh, you know, we're very happy to have her. And we're very uh, excited to talk about this movie we have today. I can already tell it's going to be a good one. We're talking about the 2016 movie Collateral Beauty. Uh, Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yes. uh, Directed by David Frankel. And starring, uh, I really like an A-list cast. We'll get into that. But uh, specifically, uh, Will Smith is like the main star of this movie. Um, So, okay. This movie, I was even shocked qualifies for this podcast. But this movie is in the category of negative score with critics. And a mixed to positive score with audiences. And frankly, I was shocked to see that positive score from audiences. What about you guys? I, I can't believe <laughs> this movie is... Okay. I, should, are we are, right off the bat? This movie was hard to watch. It was... Okay, so this is... This is probably, like, um, one of the most, like... This is probably going to be, like, the worst movie that we talk about. We'll just get <laughs> right off the bat. But, you know, it needs to be said, you know, as much as I think, you know, we'll all be in agreement about how bad this movie is... It does have a you know a significant amount of positive score. I mean, this is a fifty percent difference between critics and audiences. It is significant. It may be the worst movie that we watch, but it's also the biggest dip. It's a fifty percent. Fifty percent is like very significant. Well, I think like yeah, other movies. There's a couple other movies. I think we've talked about that have a similar um, disparity. But you know, fifty percent. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's funny too because the critic score is so low that fifty percent higher is still not that much better. But <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's let's get into this because what is this movie about? I think this is a movie that uh, people won't even uh, remember. Well, what is it about, or what did we think it was about? And we... That is, <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up because this movie is also guilty of misleading trailers, which is I think some of our least favorite things. So this is I'll start. We like to start with the premise, like what is the premise of this movie? But this movie is a little different because the premise that was in the trailers is different than the premise of the actual movie. So here's the premise of the trailer, if I had to sum it up. Uh, Will Smith plays an advertising executive who has lost his daughter and is an emotional wreck. He writes letters to the concepts of time, death, and love, the spirits of whom visit him. They are like are personified, visit him uh, in the same vein as like the ghosts of Christmas past to like help him get him out of his emotional ruts. That is like what the trailers are selling. Now, that alone, I think, is kind of like a cheesy, pretentious... It's a Hallmark movie. But, like, yeah. for Christmas time, you know, it, it like, works, sure, right? Because sure. it's, it's, like, a little bit of a twist on A Christmas Carol, and it's, like, okay, it, perfect, fine. It takes right, yeah. Christmas, released around Christmas time. Yeah, it's, like, harmless, right? Yeah, like, you right, can get behind that. Fine, like, maybe not for me, but people might, you know... Oh, I would have eaten that up. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I have a lot of questions I ask you. <laughs> <laughs> not what this movie is about, however. This sure is, isn't. This is what the real premise is. Uh, so, it starts off similar. Will Smith is an advertising executive whose daughter has died, and he's in an emotional rut. Here's where things get a little different. His 
emotional rut has caused him to act in a way that is destroying his business. He's driving away clients. And so his business partners, played by Ed Norton, Kate Winslet, and Michael Pena, they are so fed up with this behavior, they decide to hire a private investigator who discovers his letters that he's writing to Time, Death, and Love. They decide to hire actors to pretend to be Time, Death, and Love, and they will approach him one at a time. They will record these interactions, digitally erase the actors, so that way they can use that footage to legally remove him from the company. That is what this movie's really about. Uh, for the viewers at home, steam is coming out of JJ's ears right now. <laughs> Uh, you I know, can't believe it. Can we curse on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> especially with this movie. But uh, JJ, can it. you imagine someone? Uh, I think the way you described it was perfectly. And yet, someone on the other end, someone at a desk said, "Yes, make it. You got a no, budget. No, so you pitched wait. that movie." Worst, worse still is that it's not just his coworkers. It's his very close friends. Ed Norton's his best friends. They're not Ed, just Ed coworkers and business partners. They are people who go way back. Like they're. You know, they're like, they're like, you know, close friends, practically family. So that is the actual premise for this movie that was like, you know, the script for this was written and it was greenlighted and actors, a lot of actors signed on for this movie. So again, Will Smith. Two Oscar winners and four Oscar nominees. Yes. This is an A-list oh cast. God. Loaded, absolutely loaded. So again, you have Will Smith, um, you have for the like business partners conspiring against him, Ed Norton, Kate Winslet, and Michael Pena, and... Um, as the like uh, the actors hired to play Time, Death, and Love, you have um, Helen Mirren, Kira Knightley, and then I don't know who Jacob the Lattimore. Jacob Lattimore. Okay. What else has he done? He's in The Shy. Sure. On Showtime. Oh, uh, okay. okay. I'm not as. And he was in like him. Slight. It was a, a magic movie. I. Yeah. He's a good up and coming actor. Probably the oh. least known. Of the I got you, Jacob. Cast. Okay, fair enough. Also, though, worth noting, the private investigator is Aunt Lydia from Handmaid. Yes, and, and Dowd. So Aunt Lydia is in this movie. Like, like there's Between, so much which, talent in this movie. You know what's funny with Aunt Dowd? I don't know which character of hers is more evil. Her character in Handmaid's Tale, her character in Hereditary, or her character in this. <laughs> They're her, all really good. She commits a federal crime in this one. In the one. first there's, ten Oh, she yeah. even says, okay, yeah, because she breaks into a P.O. box to get not e- It's not even a P.O. box. It's the friggin' mail thing on the corner of the street, like the blue one. So, like, the one that, like, people, like, yeah. like everyone's mail. It's not like a P.O. box that's like, oh, one human person's personal mail belongings. Yeah. No, this is the mail of anybody who walked down the street that day. I also have to say, this plan that they have is also illegal. They are committing fraud to legally remove this man from his company. Uh, but okay, let's get. And they also deep well, fake him into like they or they take out, they edit out like Helen Mirren. Yeah, how like they digitally. And, they, they and also, how is that not illegal? I mean, it is illegal, but like, how, like, how is that possible? How can you falsify evidence like that? How can they record a conversation between two people on like what I assume is it's a cell phone? It was a cell phone. And they digitally remove someone perfectly from the footage. Um, I don't know how that works. Honestly, so, you have to be super effing talented to be able to do that. So the now premise, we're... so the very premise of this movie, I think this is the first movie we talked about that even the very premise we're not on board with. Other movies we talked about that maybe we didn't like, it was like, okay, we like the premise, not executed well. This premise is like 
problematic to begin with. I don't, you can't, you can't like, you know, with an A-list cast and a director with like, you know, a fairly solid, I He's guess. A, I'll, I'll say it, like the director has done good, top, Devil Wears Prada, Marley Me, Hope Springs, Big Year, a couple Band of Brothers episode. David Frankel is a credible director. I'll say they had an original director who left over creative differences. Yeah, because I haven't imagine, read the fucking script. I, 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 I like to think he's like, why do they have, like, wait a minute. Oh, well, he just had wait, a lot of wait a minute questions. Just, yeah, just there's a lot of that in this movie. Well, so, and and that's, wonder, the, that's the premise, too. And the premise, you know, sounds convoluted, but there's even more than that that oh, happens. There's so many subplots. So, so, okay, so we'll say that even from the get-go, this premise does not work, but... You know, again, this is a movie the audience is like. So I think what what might have from the trailer sold people. People got to see some seeing the trailer, right? They saw the yeah. trailer. They, they thought what they saw what they thought was maybe like a more simple, you know, sentimental movie. This was a movie that was based on the trailer. Was supposed to make you cry. Supposed to be like quotable that people like. Oh, you know, like they put it on like a canvas and it's like, ooh, a quote oh, it's from full, collateral like, beauty. It's and full like, of like department store art quotes. Yeah, or or quotes that like should have lived up to that, but like, and we can get to that later. They but, thought like, collateral beauty would thought, be an actual thing. Oh yeah, well that, and they also thought that some of these quotes that were like truthfully trash. Like these letters were so painfully like, written, yeah. and they thought that those letters were so well done. There's and also you can see them petting they're them. trying to be like poetic, and also even some of the lines. So we'll get I, maybe into the writing here. So um, some of the lines that some of the actors have, yeah, they're the, you know oh. the actors pretend to be time, death, and love, or even Ed Norton and like the um, the co-conspirators. They have lines like Ed Norton says at one point, you know, uh, about his about his daughter. Like I thought I. I thought I was experiencing love, but then I realized I had become love. Mind you, he's saying this to Kira Knightley, who, well, I don't know, it, 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 who's, who's pretending to be love. It's very confusing, and that, that line to me is like an example of like how you're trying to be well, clever yeah, or, or so profound, and it's really not. And that's the thing. There's a lot of... There's a lot of plot twists in, these movie, in this movie that we'll get into. There's tons of plot twists. But if this movie was really trying to do what it like sold itself as, like a, a dive into like a man's grief over his yeah. daughter, it would cut out all this convoluted oh, plot, yeah. and it would just be like a simple story, like have better dialogue, and there's there's so many twists. It's okay. insane how well, many twists with there are. With that said, just to like comment on that dialogue though, even the normal like day to day dialogue was so forced. For example, okay. at, one point, at one point, at one point. He, they actually did the gag of, yeah, Oscar could do a better job. Other character. Who's Oscar? First character. My son. And in the moment, he was carrying the child. Oh, yeah, 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 and I was yeah, like, yeah. come the F on. I was like, this gag isn't good on the best days. Yeah. But in a movie where the writing's already trash, like, uh, like that, no, come on. And like, there was like another one like that too, where it was like, hey, I'm your son. Like Ed Norton said to his mother, and I was like, "That was for the audience. Yeah, that was yeah, not." Yeah. I was like, "You just, you, you just did exposition oh, in the worst way." No, there's a lot. Possible. There's a lot that happens in this movie for the audience, and mm -hmm. not necessarily from like a character story point of view. For example, the other one of the twists in this movie. So Will Smith, his character, um, goes to like a grieving council, uh, a group, a grieving like council group. group, grieving support group. And, um, you know, it, it's made to seem like he's meeting everyone, like the Greek counselor for the first time. And 
you actually find out by the end of the movie that that grief counselor is his ex-wife. Like, it's very, like, she talks about her Ugh. daughter, she talks about her daughter, and he talks about his daughter as if they're separate, and then, like, you find out that they had agreed to pretend to be strangers after their daughter died. I don't know why. Well, but because like, he, that was like that was yeah. all the scenes where they're pretend to be strangers. They're acting like actual strangers just yes. to fool the audience. Right. Correct. They're talking how people who have loved each other and had a family would never talk. Would never talk to each other. Never do like, this rude. Well, so okay. So here's the thing, right? First of all, when I saw him looking in the window, I was like, oh, I bet that was his wife. And then I and then immediately I was proven wrong by the movie that then was really just doing a plot. The movie was trying to trick exactly. you. But so then, but so when I was watching it, right. And I was watching it like through this whole thing of being like, okay, so if this isn't his wife, these are strangers. And then she says that thing. Um, she has that letter of, if only we could be strangers again. Right. And I was like, Oh no, it's a letter. Could it be? No, that's, no. That's Did you go into this movie blind? Like uh, the that, only like thing it. I knew going into this movie, and funny enough, the two of you were, after a few drinks, um, <laughs> I think on the rooftop of your building, your the old building, though. Oh, where I used to live? Yeah. yeah. And you guys were like, have you seen Collateral Beauty? Yeah. And I was like, no. And you're like, don't! And, like, that was, like, the extent of, like, what I knew. And no. I didn't realize that this was that movie until I watched the trailer. Yeah, and I all I remember you saying was, the trailer's nothing like the movie. And so I'm watching the trailer, and I was like, how could this not be like the trailer? I got a couple, I got a couple questions for you. Yes. I've heard you, like, you watch every Christmas Hallmark movie. So many. So I many Hallmark. You know so the, many. You know the good and the bad and the ugly. I've ranked them. It's bad. I take have. out all, like, the act. Yeah. Take out all the A-list actors that sure. are in this movie. Does this movie fit into the no. home? It doesn't. Okay. So here's the thing. Well, the movie was selling itself fast. Well, okay, Might but here's, here's the It was what it really, like, was in the trailer. Like, because, like, if you, okay, another Kate Winslet spectacular, right? Uh, actual spectacular, not like this, is The Holiday. Where okay? she switches places. Where she switches yeah. places with Cameron Diaz. And Jack and Black. And Jude Law is there, and Jack Black is there, and Jude Law is the most handsome he's ever been, and he sheds tears, and it's, like, incredible. And so, so is Jack Black. We love you, Jack. Jack Black <laughs> is also the most handsome he's ever been. So, but in that movie, it's a feel-good Christmas movie with the Hallmark feels and it's meant to do the same things that they set out to do with this movie. Yeah. That movie could kick this movie's ass and then like put it out on the curb and then run it over with a car. <laughs> Life is about people. Advertising is about illuminating how our products and services will improve people's lives. Now, how do we do that? Love, time, death. But not even that movie. What about a movie with like Aunt Becky or like, DJ? Okay, so like, but even those. those so here's the thing. Yeah, Gretchen Wieners. Because those movies, <laughs> those movies play into the cheese. Whereas this movie tried really hard to be poignant. It takes up way too okay. It takes itself way too And like, and when it does that, it actually makes itself worse so like some of those like some of these quotes like even at the very very beginning of the movie there was a quote that says we long for love we wish we had more time and we fear death well like i could have told you like, anyone could say that like 
I still don't know what collateral beauty is. No, I don't know either. <laughs> it's well, like, it's like, oh, actually, even when read... bad things are happening, there might be a rainbow. It's like, fuck you. Well, how about this? Like, I actually had to read the Wikipedia to under, actually reading that made me understand what they were trying to say by collateral beauty. They're trying to say, like, even in tragedy, there's beautiful things happening, so try to appreciate that. But it's like, no, actually. Sometimes... It's easy to say that when it's not your tragedy that's happening. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the thing, like, when did you tap out? That's yeah. What, like, when did you say, uh, like... Well, okay, so I... Multiple times, but... So... <laughs> but, like, wait, like, ten minutes so in when they I started stealing you, the, the mail? I will tell you that, first things first, I was very early on in the movie where I was like... I was like, wow, this movie's supposed to center around Will Smith, and he's got no screen time. That's what... That's the thing. I think... I, I would say he's the main character, quote-unquote, because... Actually, all of his scenes feel like the side plot. It's, like, yeah. about him, but, like... You know well, and that. that's... Okay, so then here, I have two points on that. One, they either should have made the movie about the other three, which it inherently becomes... It actually is about the other three. Right, but they should have leaned into that. Yeah. Because otherwise it's stupid, which it is. Or, and then this is going back, like, 12 points, they should have made it about how he has this weird grief in amnesia that made him forget other things mm. and then leaned into that. But instead it's all yeah. these half-baked plot Everything, ideas. Everything, and you, because this movie is more concerned with concept than it yes. is with like characters or like real emotions, Correct. right? They want to like just trick you like with the grief counselor or like, okay, so um, just going more into like how complicated this plot is, right? So Ed Norton, Kate Winslet, and Michael Pena, I think they are actually the real main characters sure. of this movie. They have arcs. And they the... have arcs, and like, like, yeah, it's so complicated because, you know, you think you're focusing on Will Smith, but then you're learning way more about the other characters. So, like, each of them has their own thing, like, each related to time, death, yes. and love. So, like, Ed Norton's character, like, you know, he's he has a problem with love. Like, she and his wife got divorced, his daughter hates him. Uh, Kate Winslet has a problem with time. Like, she, like, is too work-focused, and now, like, she's running out of time to start a family. And Michael Pena has a problem with death. How convenient for all three of them. Yeah, really. To meet these That they uh, all, like, have totally, like, none of their problems overlap in theme. Like, Michael Pena is, like, dying of cancer, and, like, he hasn't, like, settled his affairs, I guess. So, like, that, like, we find out all of that in addition to what Will Smith is going through, which is, again, like, confusing. Like, who are we supposed to focus on here? There's no focus. So... And we don't even, like... No, we don't even see any memories of the daughter or hear any of his grief I don't know until, why, like, 15, 20 I minutes I don't in. know why, and I, I want to get into this a little bit later when we talk about, like, the characters, the cast, and the yeah. acting, but I don't know why he's acting the way he does. I don't I don't know yeah. why. So I, I thought he was a bit self... I thought he, like, dude, you clearly should have quit. Like, you, like, or someone should have so said many, something. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be a jerk we'll here, but, like, I know your kid They died. don't really explain why he acts the way he does. But anyway, so just you spending to, like five hours making this uh, little device. This dominoes like, thing I never dominoes. understood. So well, the dominoes, the, the dominoes made me really annoyed just on the fact of like. Do that at home. Don't do that in the office. Like you're just actively showing everyone around you that you don't give a shit when you then, are spending all your time making you dominoes. With the company. And the, the interns have to clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Don't no, please. he just starts it over again tomorrow. I, uh, yeah. yeah, but it's cleared up it's by like, now. Yeah. Yeah. But so, okay, so then we have plot dredges along. Ed Norton, um, I guess from his, like, mother having dementia, realizes, and this is a weird thing, he explains his plan to, like, trick Will Smith into, like, 
you know, planes is delusion. It's like his idea is like when someone's delusional, you need to play into that. Like, what kind of message it, is that? This is where the movie this takes a like, sharp left turn into yes. what the fuck's. Film. If someone is ha- if someone is like emotionally delusional, you should like play into that. Like, what kind of like message is that? That's really like this is a mean spirited movie. Oh yeah. So then they hire these actors that Ed Norton has met already. Like, you know, again, it's Helen Mirren. Because um, he meets, like, so stupidly. Guy. Right, Kieran Knightley, like, auditions. He runs away. Kieran Knightley auditions for, like, an ad at, like, their advertising agency. She runs away. Ed Norton follows her, and then, like, she, like, lures him to the theater where the other actors are. So, basically, he gets the idea. They want to hire these actors to pretend to be time, death, and love. Um, and... So and everyone's on board. Everyone like everyone's Kira on Knightley, board Kira with this. Kieran Knightley and Kate Winslet are the ones who are like, "Oh, we don't know. This is wrong." But like, which is funny because they're not even each other's foils. Right? Yeah, they're not even paired up. But like, Helen Mirren is like, "This is a great acting challenge." And like the other guy, the other actor is like, "I just want the money." Like, oh, he's right. a young kid. He's struggling. Like, it's, it's yeah. That's very you know. Um, that's that's very nice uh, for that. Good character. on Kate Winslet when she's talking to uh, Will Smith in the office with time with Jacob. That was so though. And, and I'm like, you know what? He's like, pretend I'm not here. And any any like, of the scenes where <laughs> Kate Winslet would have at least like looked over. That's yeah. how your eyes work. Any of the scenes, they're like, yeah. Like the thing is, they're playing around with the charade. Where, you know, they want Will Smith to think that these actors are time, death, and love, and that only he can see them. And so, I mean, and this is where it gets really uncomfortable, is where you see them playing along or setting up this charade where, like, the private investigator and her grandson walk past Will Smith and the actor pretending not to see the other actor. Like, who's that man talking to? Like, to make Will Smith think that he's talking to a spirit no one else can see. Or, like, you know, the, the guy playing time is in the office talking to Will Smith and Kate Winslet pretends she doesn't see him. Like, that is so uncomfortable because, basically, they are mentally torturing this guy mm-hmm. who's already, like, at the end of his ropes. Mm-hmm. That is really uncomfortable. But throughout the movie, like, each of these actors is paired off with one of the partners. So, like, Love by Keira Knightley is, like, working closely with Ed Norton, who has problems with love. And they have a thing. That was there, There's, like, tension and... Uh, but that was It weird. was the most disgusting thing I've ever she seen. She also has a scene, because she's, like, also, like, the one who's, like, not totally on board. But basically, she makes a deal with Ed Norton. It's like, if you get your life together, I'll help you destroy this guy's life. <laughs> like, that's basically yeah, like, the compromise. Well, and then, like... It doesn't make the, the twist. Am, the amount anyway. of money. Oh no no no! They're, they're paying each actor twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars in cash. <laughs> in cash. Like, that's a st- like. We all have friends that like have acting gigs that like couldn't come close to that much for how much more work and like. For like this weird experiment where you're like, you know, it's basically like illegal conspiracies, but they're doing. So they, uh, so again, so each actor is, is paired off with a partner. Kieran Elliott with Ed Norton, you know, love helping out the guy who's problem with love. The time guy is helping out Kate Winslet, who remember is having trouble with time. And then um, Helen Mirren is playing death, helping out Michael Pena, who remember has a problem with death. So here's the thing. They interact with Will Smith, they get the recordings and all that, but the twist of this movie, which really infuriates me. Yeah. So throughout the whole movie, you know, they go along with this plot, they drive Will Smith down, Will Smith, I guess, like, they kind of also help Will Smith that the movie suggests. Everything works out in the end. Will Smith ain't they're, that mad. They're talking like, to Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith is weirdly okay with it when it's like, revealed I get it. What, what, wait, wait, it's not really revealed to him that it was a ruse. Like, so the actors... <laughs> oh, no, wait. The actors, because well, the actors talk... 
The actors, they get on the, with the ruse. They're fooling Will Smith. He doesn't want to believe it. Then he kind of does believe it. They get the recordings, and they, like, you know, have this scene where, like, they show him the footage. But basically, at the end of this movie, you find out that the actors playing Time, Death, and Love were really the spirits of Time, Death, and Love the whole time. And that just erased, like, that, that yeah, whole new set Again, of this was not, this was all done just to fool the audience. It makes no narrative sense because, first of all, they're accepting $20,000 in cash each. Well, no, Tara Knightley, strangely, never connect, collects the money. She doesn't? She doesn't. Well, the other actors do. The other actors do. Well, friggin' Kate Winslet has to go to, uh, oh, yeah, 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 she, yeah. like, I, I want to say she called it the Dodgy Predator Town, even though in this movie she's not it's like British. Washington Heights. No, I know, but like I feel like she called it Dodgy, even oh, though in this she movie let it she slip. I, yeah, it she felt, let it slip. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't blame her if she was like. Yeah, but so she, um, but like she brings it in cash and she like makes like a big deal. She says it out loud in like Washington Heights. Like I can't believe you made me come this part of town with twenty thousand dollars in cash. Yeah, I would never say that in public. I would never, especially say that in New York City, and especially not in like a sketchy neighborhood. No. Um, so uh, it is revealed to like the viewers that like time, death, and love really are time, death, and love because you are seeing that when like Will Smith's daughter died, death, Helen Mirren like said the titular line to Will Smith's wife. Like, you know, she asks her who, you know, what's going on? And Will Smith's wife is like, my daughter's dying. And Helen Mirren goes, don't forget to notice the collateral beauty. That's all that I would say, like, you know what, fuck you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what that means, like, fuck off. But basically, <laughs> like, that is, and then the wife, you know, in the present day scenes, Will Smith says, like, I didn't know what it meant, but now I know. And I don't think the movie really explained it, what it meant. It um, do a good job. No. Are you losing somebody? I'm sorry. Who are you losing? My daughter. Just make sure you notice the collateral beauty. So that is so that's the thing. This movie is more concerned with twists and plots and like yes. these like crazy it's like so much going on. That's what they care about. It is like extremely insincere in that regard because never, like they expect the audience to go like with the with both the Naomi Harris being his actual wife and the twist of them being actually love, death, and time. Yeah. The audience go, oh, so I, oh my God, it's a Christmas mirror. The <gasps> audience score of this movie suggests Are we the bad that guys? people liked it. Are we the bad guys? I just... Oh, that's the line they have, right? At Norton, Kate Winslet. I'm saying that about us. Oh, okay. about the three of us about eating the three on this movie. Of, like, like, well, I, you know, there's three yeah. of us. I think maybe we're all struggling. Like, we, actually, love. guys, we are our death time love. No, uh, what? That was the real twist all along. Doing research on this movie, I didn't know. Uh, I was kind of shocked looking at the audience reviews because People the words "emotional masterpiece" shut the fuck not, up. It, it, <laughs> you shut emotional up. masterpiece has came up quite a few times. Some of these and reviews were as pretentious as the movie. Some of the audience reviews, I was reading something that was like the review was like. You know, maybe average critics don't suit me. Some people saw a mess. I saw beauty, period. A I beauty. saw beauty. Like they said, like they were like trying to be as pretentious as the movie. Or maybe the screenwriter just wrote all the audio interviews. I don't know. I mean, probably because it sounds about like his writing style. Listen so. to this. Like emotional and lovely. You really feel and think while you watch this movie. No, you don't. And <laughs> like. I'm uh, one who loves literal trash movies, as we've discussed from the Hallmark movies that I watch. Yeah. But this is 
Like Oh well, here's another thing. Here's another like these are all written by the studio. It's just no, it's <laughs> like this isn't even fun to watch. This is tiring. Well, it's it's like I said because it is so complicated and it's so frustrating. And um, another 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 um, theme I saw in some of these audience reviews are people who like also have lost like a loved one. And some people are like, you know, I get it. If you've never lost a loved one, you no. wouldn't understand. It's like, well, first of all. I shouldn't have to experience what a main character experienced to enjoy a movie. Correct. All right, like I, I, my dad isn't Darth Vader, but I still enjoy Star Wars. That's number one. Number two. Everyone I know hasn't disappeared, but I can still enjoy the Avengers yes, movies. Yes, I never, you know, I, that that's not an excuse. Um, and then number two, this movie doesn't really. It's all surface level. This movie is like surface level emotions. Like one, a Richard Roper had a line I enjoyed. It's like. You, know, you may tear up watching this movie, but you may also tear up from commercials with dogs and horses being friends. Like, it's the same level of, like, yeah. emotional shallowness. Well, and also, like, you can argue that this movie's about relationships between parents and children as much as it's about grief. Because the biggest common thread between all of the characters is their relationship with being or wanting to be a parent. Okay. And so, like, and, and that's why I was yeah, like, okay, sitting there yeah. and I look, and I'm like... They either, again, throughout this movie, they don't lean into anything enough. They just, like... They're doing too much. They're doing too, too much. And so, like, but you have so many good relationships that you could be talking about, right? You've got Ed Norton and his daughter. You've got, um, what's his face? Michael Pena. Michael Pena and his son, and his Oscar, wife. who's... Yeah. But, but, like, but parent, the parent-son relationship, right, right? right. You've got their relationship and about how he's still little and like they don't have a chance to have a relationship versus Ed Norton who's wasting his relationship that he could be having with his daughter. They could go while, see Hamilton. Well, <laughs> yeah. While, while I already Kate, saw it, Dad. Yeah. While Kate Winslet really is wanting to have a parent, you know, child relationship and like then the actor plays time is like, and then this is like actually I thought one of the best moments of the movie where he's like, you don't have to be someone's parent to be their parent. And Wait, I was like, that's not a bad. I was like, wow. What a finally good bit of nugget of knowledge that like, you've actually bestowed. But the movie is like bombarding us with these messages, I know. which, like you said, like some of them are like not that bad, but others are just like generic and like lame. So I don't know like what the message of this movie is. I don't know what this movie's standing for. I don't know what this yeah. movie is. This movie just wants me to feel sad, and that and then for that I want to kind of get into like some of the performances here. Well, uh, unless you have one more thing to say, Keith. No, uh, well, to maybe lead into the performances, do any any of you think that the actors knew what they were getting into? I think Kate Winslet's the only actor, oh, I would say or the most too. very obvious actor I can tell, who was like, who like knew what she was in. I would say actually, Kate Winslet. I feel like I can kind of tell she's uncomfortable with the material, whereas like. I feel like Helen Mirren is like embracing it. Well, Helen Mirren, I think, is in the fuck it stage of her life. Like she won the, she won the, she's, she's in like Morgan Freeman. Right? Morgan Freeman's in yeah. that fuck it stage too. That's so yeah, funny. she's in the Fast and Furious movies. She was in Hobbs and Shaw. Like yeah. she won the Oscar. Yeah. Red. If she red wins another, if she's in Red, like she's in the. You know, if it's good, it's good. I want to be in sure. a Fast and Furious. And this was like a forty million dollar budget. She probably oh, yeah, got a good paycheck. They all probably got good. Oh, paychecks. they all got paid a lot of money to be in this movie. But I like, like, I feel like Kira Knightley is really like trying her best. Kira well, Knightley does put in some decent work at some points. Well, you know, the, the, no, I think 
I feel bad because I feel like Will Smith is trying too hard in this movie. I'll agree with you. Yeah, but I think that that works against him. Whereas, like, yes, yes, whereas Kira Knightley, I think, tried the appropriate amount yeah. and did the best that she could with the material she was given. Absolutely, I think. And so, I think Jacob Lattimore. I think Ed Norton is. I think they're. No, I think, Ed Norton. I think they're shitty. Phoned in it. I think maybe he also actually. Now that you mention it, also kind of what he was in. Yeah, I feel like he. He is I don't like, think he's getting offered that much. I don't see Ed Norton. Well, he's like a hundred in this movie. Yeah, he, he, he's he like, looked older. I feel like he's an actor who should not look. This movie did to him what like is impossible, which is making him look old. It's like yeah. imagine like making Paul Rudd look old. Like right, yeah, same thing with Ed Norton. This movie definitely took a toll on Ed Norton. But I, his character confused me too because yeah. he comes up with this really mean spirited plan and he's kind of guilty about it, but he's not, and he's adamant about it. But that kind of haunts you from the beginning. Like one, it's something that's so yeah. mean spirited, and then continue with it, and we're supposed to sympathize with I these can't, people. I it's can't, just hard. I can't empathize with people who like do something so mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's such a it's such a mean thing they're doing. It's like making the leads of Carrie. It's like making the bullies of Carrie yeah. to yeah, uh, like giving them like mm-hmm. a background. It's like oh, oh yeah. yeah, like let's it, give them a redemption arc. No. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. give them backstory, but not a redemption arc. Can I say the most believable actor? who did the most honest work for me in the entire movie Yeah, was Ed Norton's daughter when she says to him, you're stalking me, you're going to come every day, but well, tomorrow's a half day, just so you know. That was the most believable part of the entire movie because Uh, little kids do that when they're mad at you and they're like, uh, whatever, and then they're like, but I... But I still want you to do the thing. That was the most beautiful acted moment in the entire movie. I still love the Hamilton line. But you know, because they had like the simplest scenes, just like a a dad and his daughter arguing. I mean, you can't really, yeah. But it was like, I was like, all right, little kid, you don't know what shit storm you're in. (laughs) But you did a really good job delivering that dialogue. It's easy to be honest when the when the scene is such a basic thing Mm -hmm. of like, oh, you know, father and daughter who have like an estranged relationship. She did great. That you can't really muck up. Good job, kid. Where are you here? I've heard all of your platitudes. Uh, I got him. I know. She's in a better place. And this is all a part of a master plan. Heard that one, too. Here's my favorite. God looked down and saw the most beautiful rose, so beautiful that he picked it to have it in heaven all for himself. Then there's the science, biocentrism, and we're all living and dying in infinite universes all at the same time. And then the religion, the Christians and their salvation, and the Buddhists and their samsara, and the Hindus and their 41st sacrament. And can't forget the poetry. Oh, the poetry. To die is different from what anyone supposed. And luckier, Whitman and rage rage against the dying of the light the wise men at their end no dark is right thomas and then row 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 your boat gently down the stream merrily 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 life is but a dream will smith as we said i think is trying way too hard in this movie and i feel bad because i feel like this movie was maybe pitched to him as like a vehicle to win an Oscar. Well, Hugh Jackman was apparently the lead. Hugh Jackman was the lead. And so Rooney Mara and Jason Segel, I think Jason Segel was going to be Ed Norton and Rooney Mara. And Rachel McAdams was also in the running for this. But Hugh Jackman was... At, at one point attached and then Logan came along and then he's I think he took thank God I think he hopped he, on the last no, train he's like right I'm getting thing. out of this here's uh, well, so, I think Well, so I think Will Smith really wants an Oscar I but he's choosing like really bad scripts I mean he chose like that football movie that nobody tell the truth um, and then he was 
I mean, I, the only dramatic movie I can think that I liked him in was The Pursuit of Happiness. I mean, I I, I, get, I guess I heard okay things about Seven Pounds. I don't know, but I I um I think this you know this movie. He's not. All he's doing is being sad. There's nothing nuanced yeah. about it. Like I don't know anything about his character. The whole movie, he's on the verge of tears. He just he looks sad, and eventually he's crying. But there's nothing else to it. Like anyone could be sad and cry. This that's not like so, that convincing. I have a question. When they I have a lot of questions. One thing. One thing. I I wonder if, and maybe you know the truth, but I don't. I wonder if at some point the plot of this movie really was oh, the, yeah. the trailer. what the trailer portrayed it as. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it was cut in weird ways mm. where I was like, what if or like what if we weren't supposed to know that it was a twist until the very end? Okay, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I like I kept watching this movie and like being all like, this all the twists were done in like reshoots, you're thinking, or Yeah, like well, okay. What really bothered me is when they were revealing at the end, and I even, I like, I wrote down, I was like, wait a minute. We went from the ruse to immediately in the middle of talking about the truth, all in the same shot. So, like... Oh, in the meeting scene? In the meeting scene. Yeah, yeah. Ed Norton... Like, we're in the middle of Oh, this them. is going back to what you said before, because I'm not sure if they really told them it was a Yeah, race. so we're in the middle of the scene, right? And Ed Norton, like, all, the lawyers and stuff are talking about, they're showing the, the masterfully edited uh, yeah. phone, phone videos yeah. from 2016, because, like, no phone in 2016 had, you know, 4K HD. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're showing the masterfully edited footage, and they're like, who are you talking to? Blah, 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 blah. We're going to have you sign away your rights to being a sane person. And then Ed Norton <laughs> says, wait, wait, wait. And then all of a sudden, Will Smith is saying, so let me get this straight. No, and so think? I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, so you think you, it was cut now? Yeah, I was oh. like, you guys cut the entire explanation. And now all of a sudden, Will Smith knows and he's fine with it? Yeah, yeah, either either he's, because he does say at one point, like, you guys did the right thing. Like, well, no, what? they didn't. Yeah, that, that puts the movie in a lose-lose situation. In because, scenario, because if it was reshot, yeah. wait a minute, uh, that just scenario, really sad. <laughs> in, either, in either scenario, it doesn't make sense, because if it's like, they don't, because like, for what I at least initially thought watching this was, you know, Kate Winslet apologizes for just, I guess, filming him. I thought, like, like, because he says, oh, we hired a private investigator. And I thought all Will Smith knew was that they were following him and filming him. And then from what his he's thinking is, like, they caught him talking to, like, these imaginary people. And his, yeah. that is him saying, you guys did the right thing catching me being crazy. Which also does not make sense. But like, like, you guys did the right thing following me and, like, like kicking me out of my company. That doesn't make sense. And then your version doesn't make sense either. But it's one or the other. I know. Well, and it, like... But if they had stuck with it, right, and they had just decided that nobody could actually see them, and then at the end we find out that it was real all along, or we find out that it was actually actors, or we find out, like, then at least, wow, what a twist. You know what I mean? So, I, but, like, at the same time, I feel like if we thought the whole movie there were really spirits of time, death, and love, and you find their actors, like, imagine... Imagine, like, a Christmas carol, mm -hmm. and at the end you find out that the ghosts of Christmas 
past, present, future are actors that his employees hired. <laughs> so like, but like it's like know, a Truman Show. They would be like, huh? You know, like it's like a Truman Show moment. Oh, okay, maybe. Uh, I think that's just. I'd rather not use the I, Truman I, Show in the same sense as Clara Bruni. <laughs> Fair enough. I. Jim Carrey is a I think gem. it's just a bad script. I think the guy had a, always a bad I think script. The, I think the guy had, well, the, here's a, something, this caught my eye about what the writer, uh, Alan Loeb said. It's something that I've meditated on for a couple of years. The idea of someone who's been through a terrible loss and was angry and twice destroyed and wrote letters to the universe. I didn't know why or how or what that meant for years, but it wouldn't leave me alone. So I think you got, I think you got the, you got the hook. And I think he probably thought of some twists, and he's like, "These twists have to be in there." Yeah, maybe pre. I, 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 I like. I don't think I, I would like. I just can't see people like reshooting this movie. Like you gotta, know. you gotta make them worse. Because that movie, you gotta make them worse. that <laughs> yeah. movie that, he, worse. that you just described, though, you would say. I would watch that movie. I wanted to watch the movie that the trailer suggested. Wow, we got it. We got a. Uh, a conspiracy theory on our hands. I never Listen, thought. I. I don't think that this. Just like how brave was supposed yeah. to be a much different movie before they switched directors and creative yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's possible that this movie was on a path. The maybe got involved. And then they just made a Do mess Do you think that things. why uh, the director, Alfonso Gomez Rijan, maybe left? Maybe yeah, the I producers think maybe wanted, wonder, like, hey, make these awful movies. Yeah, how about movie? we grab M. Night Shyamalan and throw in a bunch of twists, and then that original director was like, Fuck no. Well, why make it? I, I totally buy that. That's a possibility. But then it blows my mind. Like, why make the movie more complicated? I feel like usually the studio will come in if the story doesn't make sense and try to make it make sense. Why make the because story make less sense? Maybe they were like, this is too. Lifetiming? Yeah. Because one of the best things about the Hallmark and Lifetime movies is that, well, actually not Lifetime because Lifetime has fucked me over. Their movies are like, like the neighbor's going to kill you. (laughs) Well, no, like, so the Hallmark movies, you can rely on them to follow at least some sort of a formula. And so I wonder if the studio saw this movie and said, okay, here's a movie takes place around Christmas time, although it's not inherently a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, it's following too much of a Christmas movie formula. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's throw in some twists so that people will watch it all year Let's long. That would explain basically. That, that would explain the A-list cast. Like I, th- I yeah. think because uh, uh, so you already filming with the A-list cast, like the more like simple plot, and then like the studio came in rewrites, and now it's time for reshoots. Because okay. you do see A-list casts and like those type of like, oh, I'm stuck at the airport. Like uh, uh, by yeah. the time we're recording this, a new Christmas movie came out or a new Christmas movie trailer came out last Christmas with Daenerys mm-hmm. and the Crazy Rich Asian guy. You're getting very good actors for these. Oh, yeah. For a Christmas, what well, seems to be a Christmas movie. The holiday. So you might be, you know. With- I never thought with this movie we'd. Go in depth, like we'd uncover something. <laughs> this is like Ark of the Covenant. Wow. Like this, this is what I think, guys. So I don't, you think don't, there's a good don't movie Don't add me, listeners of the pod, but this is what I think. Okay, well, um, I, I think that might explain why also like a lot of these actors signed on. Yeah. And I have to say, I think another explanation possibly for this much higher audience score is ensemble cast. I think yeah. like people love ensemble cast. The poster does have like everyone in the ensemble on the poster mm-hmm. that some of you see in a lot of these ensemble cast movies. Love Actually, yeah. Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. You know, I mean, but this one they all look serious. And those other movies, they're all like having a great time. I think yeah. I think that's kind of interesting when you see like the poster for like um, New Year's Eve or Mother's Day, and they're all like 
looking like they're having a party, like a great time, but then a lot of those characters never even interact with each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, what? Uh, so, you know, the ensemble, I think. And people like Will Smith, especially. People love Will Smith. People yeah. love Will Smith. And again, you can't... People like, tolerate If a lot someone were to criticize, like, you know, like, so I'm, I'm criticizing his performance just being sad, and I feel like someone might argue back, well, he lost his daughter. Of course he's sad. It's like, well, yeah, you can't deny that, like, someone losing their daughter is sad, and you can't deny also that, like, everyone grieves in different ways. I'll give you that. But the way he grieves is like he's an asshole about how he grieves. Like, he is riding his bike, not coming traffic. He is, like, destroying his company. He is, he is like, not paying rent. He has no phone. Like, he's, mess. he's acting in a way that, like, just doesn't make sense. Well, and also, and like, if he is going to act in this way, why? I don't know anything about his character yeah. Yeah. before his daughter dies. I don't know why he's acting this way. All I know about him... Is he sad? That's the only thing I could say about this character. Is he sad? And truthfully, no one would get to that point of self-destruction without having been forced into some kind of therapy or help. Something else must have happened. Like, and, and so, like, you look at his wife that he doesn't know because they're strangers again. <laughs> his idea. Right. Um, and you see, like... You see her handling it like an adult. She's doing fine. And then you see Ed Norton not losing his shit, even though his mother had a horrible stroke and now has dementia. You see... Michael Pena's keeping Pena it together. Is, Michael Pena's keeping it together, even though he's vomiting constantly because he is dying from cancer. Oh, I feel like you're yelling at me. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Listen, guys, I... No, no, this is a very infuriating... I have to say, I sent a text message to JJ, I think yesterday, and yeah. I was like, the person, the people that I'm most mad at for this entire thing are the two of you <laughs> making you watch this fucking movie. We have to share, we have to share our pain. Another thing that kind of bothers me, so Michael Pena, like you said, is dying from cancer. Not just any cancer. I mean, like, the other thing I kind of noticed with this script, and this is maybe another nitpicky thing, like, uh, three times in this movie, someone says, like, the medical dictionary, like, term of more their than, disease. More than three times. I find that kind of strange. Like Will Smith repeats it 12 times at the, the close at, of the movie. At the end of the scene, like, they did the whole thing, and then Michael Pena says that his, his, like, formal definition or term, and then, like, the woman in the grieving counseling is, like, saying, like, what her kid had is, like, met, like, I just, like, thought that was strange. Like, why? Like, is this screenwriter a doctor and he wants to prove his well, yeah, Like, knowledge? unless you are, like, pretty well-versed in cancer, even just the blastoma part of any of these blah, 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 like, I have, is... like, brain cancer. Just say I have whatever cancer. Like, we get it. We all know cancer, right. but, like, why? That was a nitpicky thing, but, like... No, I, it was really weird, especially when... I feel like that's in vain of this movie yeah. to kind of get into this weird nitty-gritty sort of thing. Like, I have, like this, like, 15-syllable disease to say the whole thing. Like, no, we don't need to know that. Like, it's fine. Just say we don't need Will Smith to repeat it 12 times yeah. at the close of the movie. Like, that was really excessive. I've been having conversations. Mm-hmm. I've been... conversations. Okay. It's okay. Never mind. Howard. You want to have a conversation with me? Uh, yes. Now, I'm trying to, like, during this whole conversation, just try to put, uh, you know, put my feet in the shoes of someone that did like this movie. Or I'm, like, trying to think, like, <laughs> what what leads to... Because it's kind of shocking, but, like, I've met people that really that like that legitimately like uh like bad movies, not ironically. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's just, like, th there are several theories slash patterns that I've just always noticed with 
some co- some of the comments that I didn't put down, but I noticed, uh, you know, when you go see like, oh, this movie is a certified fresh, and this movie is the greatest of all time. People see it, and I'm like, oh, it wasn't the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I think the exact opposite happens. Like when you see a 16%, you're going like, I don't think it was that bad. I think there's okay. people there's people with that. I'm trying to just make. I'm trying to understand. I agree. We talked about some movies in the past that were like, you know what, we don't like this, but it's not that bad. This is that bad. I'm this trying to understand bad. the 64 though. This is that bad, and also I didn't know. I even said to JJ at the beginning, I was like, am I watching this because it's a good movie or a bad movie? Never mind. I don't want to know. I want to find out for myself. And oh boy. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was. It was. It wasn't even like more people like this watch. movie than I thought they would. But like, and but, I like some shitty movies. I really love those Hallmark movies. I know we keep bringing it up, but like, it, this is a Hallmark this, movie. Well, again, it's I think, not though because it doesn't live up to what's really great I, yeah, yeah, about Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies are very simple, right? And that's part of why I like them and because sometimes you need that. The most like complicated this story of all so time. This is so convoluted yeah. that it gets in the way of being enjoyable. Well, okay, I'll say this for the movie: it is, it looks nice. <laughs> I mean, it's shot in a very nice way. It's shot beautifully, and the set of that show that they never do is gorgeous with that structure in the center of the oh, theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. What oh. show were they gonna do? It was, it was a Newark, and I literally wrote like. Why would the play be dead? You all have twenty thousand, no, sixty thousand dollars. Because they aren't even people. Because they aren't even people. But like, like I was like, like as a theater person, that was one of the least believable things in the movie for me. Because I was like, with sixty thousand dollars, there's no way you're not putting this fucking. Show I think on. in the Wikipedia, uh, of like a synopsis of this movie, they say like, oh, they help other people. I don't believe that these people. Well, they were only going to help Will Smith. Like, well, okay, here's the thing. They, I, I saw that too. They help people, but like they're not helping Will Smith. They got him kicked out of his company, and the movie is like on board with that. The movie wants you to be in mm-hmm. favor of that. Like that's the weird thing with the tone is like the wife, his ex-wife, is saying like you should talk to talk back to the spirits, like talk back to them. And the movie in those interactions, where he's being filmed, is like this is a good thing. Like you know, he's getting the help he needs, mm-hmm. but then it's used against him yeah. in a scene where he's like. Now questioning his sanity, and it's but then they problem. tell him he's perfectly sane, and he still signs over the deal. But like, okay, but the deal that he was signing was for them to sell the company and keep their jobs anyway. Right. So, so that's like they could have just convinced him. That well, he again, he's grieving so much for most of the movie that he's an asshole because he's destroying the company. When Ed Norton, you know, Ed Norton's just like, "How you doing?" He looks at him like, "How dare you? My daughter died." And yeah. Like, <laughs> and then like. You know, even like when he's like, "Listen, like this kind of, we're failing. This other company wants yeah. to buy us. Everyone will keep their job. What's not so worrying to you?" He said that, and the guy and Wilson just nods his head and like runs off and cries, and it's like, "Well, what? Like, what uh, is this character? Like, I, I I don't know what to hang on to with this character." Well, and then like I'm supposed, and the movie wants me to be on his side. Apparently, yeah. I'm supposed to be on his side. But I'm also supposed to be rooting for his, well, like, career to be destroyed. Did you like that fun reveal after he signs the paper and he's like, oh, oh, what about the other paper? What about the other paper? I know you have it. You've asked me to sign it six times. And they're all like, what the fuck? And he signs it. And he leaves and like, what was the other paper? And he's like, he put company trust in his daughter's name and he needed to sign a paper saying that she was no longer, like, Alive. able to <laughs> yeah. collect it. And it's like. And that was supposed to be like some like like the way that the movie like that's him the accepting music was, his daughter's death. Yeah, but the way that the music was 
and the way that like it was shot and like the zoom out after like that was meant to be another what a twist big reveal moment and like come on yeah Which, I, no, it's like at that point it's like i can't take this anymore yeah like i well, like i'm so far removed from caring well that leads me to my next like why I think it, I, well, I don't think it should be 60. I'm surprised it's 64. I'm surprised that many people kind of feel like that attached to it, but it leads me to this movie is, and we've seen plenty of movies that tug at your heartstrings and, yeah. uh, like there are times where you're going, I think I I see what this movie's trying to do. Mm-hmm. This movie, this movie, so to me, I'm very obnoxious in it. Like you can see the guy like pulling at your heart. Oh, I know. It's mm-hmm. like I said, it's it's like so surface level, and it's a movie that you know it um you know it like it walks like a drama, it talks like a drama, it quacks like a drama. So people, you know, people will believe that and fall for it. And to me, are they falling for it? My, some my question apparently is, like, are. There are some people. Oh, yeah. but are they falling for it? Or are they going like if it walks like a it? Are they like, hey, I want to watch the duck. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, I'm I don't watch care. The duck. It's not like, really. I, like, I know yeah, what I, like, I know what this movie's gonna do to me, and I'm just gonna go on the the log flume. But, this but movie I is. love a movie that'll make me cry, and like mm-hmm. this movie wanted to make me cry, and I am I'm a sucker. You don't have to try that hard to make me cry. Yeah, everything in place, the music, the acting, everything in place. Do it. But it didn't do it. Well, I, I think it has to be something there. The foundation like, is so like the well, reasons. It's bad, like, you, like it's so shallow. It's, it's like it goes up to like it doesn't kind of rotten too. It's shallow and you, rotten. Like, it's mean. So, it's really mean. And it's yeah. the, I, I think to me, it's like the most emotionally manipulative movie. Yes. That's like I think the real word I, uh, or phrase I want to use yes. for this movie. That's, I've seen a few other movies like that. That really, it's like you know, convoluted plot twist just to get your heartstrings going that's not necessary. This is, like, it does that ten times. Well, and also, but it doesn't... So, like, I, I don't, I'm trying to see how far into the movie I was. I think I was more than 25 Before minutes into the movie. Before you threw your phone at the computer. Well, that. But I think I was more than 25 minutes, or I was almost 25 minutes into the movie, where I wrote, at this point, we spent so much time on his shitty co-workers that I have no time to care at all about Will Smith or his dead daughter. And this quick flashback doesn't, flashback does nothing. How are we, how are we even able to establish this when the daughter hasn't even been in the movie at all? I don't know anything about the relationship. I don't know anything about the relationship. She's done nothing but giggle in that, like, spin yeah, around. so generic. That was it. That's all I know about her. And that she likes dominoes, I which like I don't it, find out to the very, very, very which end. Which is why I some college kid got very lucky, wrote a script, so, and, and he got very lucky that all these A-list but, like, It feels I, like a college level. So like, I took a screenwriting class, and the first thing they like teach you for like your 101 is to like write a basic story. <laughs> and this guy probably was like, well, screw that. <laughs> he wrote like this like really complicated story. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Heather's theory. I think there is something... I, granted... It's a lose lose for this oh, yeah. for this story anyway. Mm-hmm. If uh, if if they were reshot, that means the studio is like add more, make it more convoluted, make yes. it like yeah. they, the studio kiboshed their own what could have been a yeah. very enjoyable movie. And also, yeah. on the other side, it's a terrible script. <laughs> like it, well, it's like, just a terrible script. Why, like, I feel, it's a lose lose. I feel bad for Will Smith, but the same time, not so bad because he should have known what he was signing on for unless like, the script was different when he mm. signed on but would it have been would that have, like even i don't a, think he would have cared even even a honestly. movie that's like the trailer is suggesting i don't think that even 
would be an Oscar movie. I think even that would have been I don't too know if it would, Like, I don't know if it would be Oscar worthy. I feel good though. You'd like, be like, okay, I do. I do remember watching the trailer back in 2016 and going, Ooh, I want to see that movie mm-hmm. and really thinking like, Ooh, that's going to be a popcorn and tissues movie. I can't wait. Love a good crier. And that's, you know, I think that that's the movie they set out to make is the movie that does those things. Yeah. And they got really lost in the sauce. Like, what a yikers. Um, now I'm even curious if Collateral Beauty was the original title. <laughs> oh, well, that <laughs> had a title that made more sense. Listen, I, I know what they were trying title. to do. Like, here's the thing. The idea of, and I was actually just um, listening to the Quibbler podcast, which is a Harry Potter podcast that I love. And shout they, out to Quibbler. Shout out to the Quibbler. Um, we asked nothing in return. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the Quibbler podcast, they're talking about, and this is a spoiler for Harry Potter, but, like, honestly, at this point, if you don't know that Snape kills Dumbledore, like... How dare you? I know. But, like, truthfully, if you don't know that Snape kills Dumbledore, like, you're not in pulp culture in 2019. But, so, like, they're talking about how, like, it was this the day of, like, Dumbledore's funeral or something like that. And, like, Harry says about how it was, like, a really nice day out. And it's, like, really sad that it was a nice day because, like, they couldn't enjoy it because it was, like, really sad. Mm-hmm. And, like, they went into that, like, a lot about how, like, when you're sad about things but it's nice out or, like, you're at a movie that you like but, like, you're sad about something else. Like, how it, like, taints it. But, uh, like, that's collateral beauty. Like, the op- the inverse of that. You know what I mean? Like, the really nice di- – like, it being really nice weather on the day of a funeral or it being, like – you know, the food is really good while you're at your breakup dinner. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's collateral beauty. I think okay, great. They did a terrible fucking job of explaining that, and the rest of the movie doesn't have to do with that concept. Yeah, because that movie at all. Because I guess the movie's main message. Wow, you deserve the Oscar for that. Of its, yeah. <laughs> of its many messages, then you're right. Then of its many messages, it's saying. You know, if you're at a funeral on its nice day, try to at least appreciate right. that it's a nice day. Also, right. it's a terrible but it word. But Collateral beauty. It's like, not it's a good title. Also, I don't know that I listen. I now I'm not sure I even agree with that message because now I'm thinking like, well, you know, if someone near and dear to me died and it's a nice day outside, I don't want to think about the beautiful right. day. You know, I want to just like you know try to process my my grieving. Yeah. The, so, yeah. I don't even know if I'm on board with the main principle of this movie. I uh, agree. Like, I think that, like, aspect, like grief in general, whether it's about death or it's about anything else that you grieve in your life, any, any true sadness, like, you need to be able to process that in your own way and, like, on your own time. And, like, it, people have such frustrating um, opinions about the grief of other people, mm. um, which, which which is something I personally, like, thought I was going to get out of this movie, which I didn't. But, which, like, yeah, and this movie was, you could have gotten that. Like, yeah. you really wanted to do, like I said, simple movie and make it more, like, interesting dialogue and just have it, like, be like, he's processing his grief. You get other people who are trying to understand it, but they're not. But at least, like, as an audience member, you do. I, I, I don't know. Like, at that point, have time, uh, death, and love give empathy to the other three characters and not fuck over Will Smith. Like have them have, have those three help. No fucking over whatsoever. That would have made it a more pleasant movie. They're helping out Will Smith and they're helping out the partners who do not deserve to be helped because they're all terrible. Because they're all shitty. Like they don't deserve to be helped. Also like poor, what's her face? Uh, my heart will go on. Uh, Uh, Kate Winslet. Poor Kate Winslet. 
Uh, yes, also Celine Dion. But poor Kate Winslet, like, of all the people in the movie, surely at the fucking short end of the stick, because if she, like, yes, you don't have to be a biological parent to, like, experience the love of a parent and stuff like that, but at no point in the movie does she interact with any of the many children in the movie. Right. Like, it's not like as if there was, like, a kid there all along that right. she, like, actually was a parent that, to without realizing. But that would have been, ba 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 collateral beauty. Oh, uh, don't make that a thing. But I'm serious, yeah, because, yeah. like, think about it. Like, to our, viewer, to our listeners in, out there, please don't make this a thing. But listen, if, <laughs> listen. There it is. There's the collateral beauty. That's the collateral beauty, and they missed the mark. Because if there had been something there all along that she was missing out on, that would have been the collateral beauty. That would have been interesting, but again, this movie is not interested in the characters, they're interested no, in the concepts and twists. It's just unfortunate, because if it had been bad by the way of being funny, then great. This movie's not funny it's at not all. Funny. It's not bad funny. It's not I, bad funny. It's not, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's a shame too, because when you have all these great actors and you have what I, I think is, you know, at least, uh, a, I don't know, uh, a competent director, you want to see like something that's worthwhile getting all these people together. Clearly, you know, it was shot very well. It was, you know, there, there was the ingredients for something good. Yeah. And it was just, you know, the complete opposite of that. So uh, the last thing we'll do is give our personal percentages. Jesus. And, you know, I think we're all going to be kind of orbiting around the uh, <laughs> critical score here. Surprise. A <laughs> surprise twist. We liked it all along. Yeah, guys, that was, that's God the real twist of Collateral Beauty is that we loved it. We're just pretending to hate it. No. Uh, so, Heather, what, what percentage would you give this movie? Jeez. I mean, like... It's not unwatchable, but it's bordering it. Yeah. I think I'd probably give it, like, a 20%. Okay. All right. No, that's fair. I can see that. Keith? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> a nine. Uh, you really think it's that? See, I feel like I, once you're in the single digits, it's, like, truly unwatchable. I have to try Okay, a 10. I don't know. I, I just... I, 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 it's not unwatchable. It's not unwatchable. If that's the best thing you could say about a movie, then you're really... Uh, <laughs> I, okay, but it's, okay, but it's shot well, which we all agreed on. Yes. Like, it's visually beautiful. The score underneath 10. it... That's about 10 You points. know, is is decent. Yeah. There, they're, um, you know, Keira Knightley does have, like, two or three moments of, like, some good acting. Of collateral beauty. Of collateral beauty. Um, I'm now... The two of you are fucked, because guess what? Now I'm going to be using that phrase in real everyday life. Uh, what have oh, we no. done? So, oh, no. So, wow, I didn't... Re this what The real twist is that I'm defending collateral beauty at the end uh, of this episode. With their 20% score? With my 20%. Okay, so you give it 20. Keith, you give 20. it... I give it a 9. Give it a 9. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think bad writing is... You know, write, a script is, like, the foundation of a movie... Oh, and yeah. If you like build everything around a really bad script, you, you know it's gonna collapse like this did. So I would give this. God, I. It's I would give this. It's tough, it's tough because it's not unwatchable. I would give this a a sixteen percent. Okay, I. I I feel that. I just think <laughs> they're all Fs at the end. They're all Fs. You give well, it two points higher than they're the all, original well, They're critics. all well under 50%. Wait a minute. That would suggest that I like this slightly better, ever so slightly better than the critics. <laughs> 
I think maybe I'll just then go down the line. I'm on board with the critics. I'll give this the 14 14 that it got. All right. Because it is kind of arbitrary at that point. I'm like, what am I like splitting hairs here between like no, that's a really you know, good the bottom point. of the barrel. So like, I mean, I I mean, like, I probably am closer to like where the critics are, but like, I have to give it, I have to give it a little something just because, like I said, like I was able to finish it. You know, I was able to go through it. Uh, you know, yeah. Anytime you film in New York City, you're gonna have to get a lot of permits. So I'm sure the PAs uh, Listen, you know how to work. But they hard. appreciate it. You know. You know, uh, you gotta give. It was not, in fact, the worst thing I've ever seen. No, and it's not like I said, it's not unwatchable, which is why I was hesitant to give it such a low score. Right. But um, again, like I still is, stand by my decision. <laughs> That's I fair. Agree. You're you're entitled to your to your opinion and the collateral beauty. I hope this it. is the last time I ever watch this movie. <laughs> it will be. Uh, it's just you know when you have a watch party of collateral beauty every ten years. It's not just that it's bad writing; is that it's like it's it's a sham. The movie itself yes. is a sham. Yes. And for that, I think it deserves its low score. 14% is my score. 29. We average them together. We had a 14 point wow. All right. So, so we're on par. We literally with... came in at 14% wow. with the that's critics. Perfect. Now that's some collateral beauty. That's some collateral beauty. Get out of my house. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. So um, that's where we stand. I hereby officially declare that for collateral beauty, this podcast sides with the critics so uh thanks everyone for listening thank you for uh, joining us heather uh, thank thanks you for, for having joining. me guys this is just fun yeah thanks maybe heather. next time a movie i can stand yeah sorry for making you watch that sorry for anyone who watched this just to understand what we're talking about and uh join us next time for another divided film